Today on the Ponder Podcast, we are starting a series called A Hard Providence, pondering the resurrection of Lazarus in John 11. In this series, we will ponder the eternal hope we have in the one who called himself the resurrection and the life. I'm your host, Laura Hardin. I'm happy you're here. So I recently got to share this story with my three and two-year-old, and I couldn't get through it. Like, I was literally choking back tears. And that's why this has to be a series. As we begin to dig into this passage, I pray that God would unite our hearts to fear His name, that He would grow our love for Him and our trust in Him. Today's passage is John 11, 1-16. It reads, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he, who you, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, The Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So much to feast on here, right? (laughs) Take a minute to, or a second, to retell the passage to yourself and consider which part beckons you to pay attention. What stands out to you? Two years ago, while struggling with postpartum anxiety after my um, the birth of my second child, I camped out in this passage for a whole week, looking at the story from everyone's perspective, Jesus, the sisters, Lazarus, the disciples. When you have a passage like this, packed with treasure, I recommend camping out on the first verse that jumps out at you. There's no need to rush. You can always come back later to ponder another part of the passage. Today, I want to spend some time with verses 3 through 7. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. 
But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. I want to key in on his love for this family and the fact that he waited two days before he set out to go help this family. As we move into pondering this a bit more, think back to what jumped out at you. It may have been something different. Why do you think that stood out to you particularly? Did it stir something in you? What does it tell you about Jesus? Jesus knew this family well. John writes here that he loved them. If you recall the last episode on Hosea 3.1, God's love is serious, strong, intense, unrelenting. In the context of the whole passage that we're looking at, we see Martha has faith in Jesus as the Christ. She spent enough time with him or around him to know who he was. But the hard part about this passage is that God's love didn't make him move quickly to meet their need or to prevent physical death or to keep the sickness from killing him, a man he loved, or to prevent the grief of the women he loved. As I pondered this a couple years ago, I had to stop and ask God, are you contradicting yourself here? Or was there something you wanted to teach them? about death and life? Was your delay part of your love for them? Jesus heard the news about Lazarus being sick, and he said, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. In raising Lazarus from the dead, he shows that death wasn't the end of his story. He displayed his power over death and foreshadow that death would not be the end of his own story. Yet death would occur. Grief would occur. Many hard things would occur. Those with faith in Jesus have hope because we know that death is not the end. Sickness is not the end. Challenge and hard times are not the end. This stands out to me personally because Martha, Mary, and Lazarus were real people. Lazarus being sick was a heavy burden, so heavy they were compelled to send to Jesus for help. This was a really hard thing to go through. And then for him to die? From my human perspective, you know, be it doubts and sin, a good God would either have not allowed the sickness to happen in the first place or would have quickly removed all suffering. But that's not what happens here. And I think we need to sit with this reality. That's why we're walking through John 11, 1 through 44, slowly. I want us to take a minute before we move to how we're going to practice this passage or respond to consider how loving this incident was 
to this family. It occurs near the end of Jesus's earthly life and actually triggers the events leading to his execution. I wonder what Lazarus, Mary, and Martha thought upon hearing of the death of the one who called himself the resurrection and the life. Of course they were grieved, probably tempted to doubt, but were they also pondering the events of this passage in their hearts and the words, the very words Jesus spoke? Hmm. At this point, the ponder method encourages us to consider how we might respond to this passage. Friends, I don't know about you, but I need to take to heart that sickness nor any other form of suffering um, does not result in death for me, my husband, or any other believer. Any bad thing he allows is ultimately for his glory. He will overcome it by his spirit. He gets the final word. He gets all the glory. And because he overcomes, those who are in him overcome by faith. I wonder how the Son of God will be glorified through this coronavirus crisis, this long quarantine. The wonderful thing about being his child is that we don't have to know. We simply have to trust. For now, let us behold and trust the God who loves us, yet often tells us to wait. The God who loves us, but doesn't tell us everything he's doing behind the scenes. The God who loves us, but is committed to being glorified in every situation beyond what we can imagine. Let us treasure the good that we do see right now, the silver linings, glimpses of his grace. It makes me think of two verses, Psalm 131, one through two, which says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Be still and know I am God, the Lord says in Psalm 46.10. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Is the Holy Spirit pricking your heart right now? Consider how you will respond to him. Friends, thank you for pondering God's word with me today. Peace, peace to you in abundance. Have a blessed week.